It's week two of the Texas high school football season, and it's episode three for the Central Texas Football Podcast. Hello, everybody. Ryan Fox here, joined alongside Mr. Kenny Heath. And Kenny, how you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Uh, what a crazy week zero we had. Uh, I was, I think we had talked earlier this week, I was looking at my pick sheet, and it kind of looked like my ninth grade algebra homework. <laughs> Well, Full of red marks everywhere, man. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of upsets, and that's where we're going to dive into first today. I, I mean, just just off the top of my head, I mean, Lake Belton going on the road against uh, ranked Leander Rouse and beating them by 26. Rogers beating up on Little River Academy, and you know, just a crazy amount of upsets across Central Texas. I mean, not even just Central Texas, but across the entire state, but in Central Texas – there was a lot of them as well. Yeah, and I'll never, like I told uh, one of our guests we we're having on later on, I'll never pick against Lake Belton again. Those guys, they look phenomenal. Uh, you look at Cameron Yo hanging 71 on Lago Vista. Oh, my goodness. Crazy. And uh, what's uh, we had another one here. Oh, Marlon. Yeah, going Marlon out to Crockett and getting beat. By 17. Yes, very surprising. So, again, but looking, looking again at Lake Belton, I mean, there's two words when you look at Lake Belton, and that's Micah Hudson. 265 total yards, all-purpose yards, and three touchdowns. I mean, he was literally unstoppable against Leander Rouse. Yeah, he's kind of the uh, – we've used the term before, but the uh, do-it-all Swiss Army knife type of guy. I believe he's a five-star, four-star, five-star guy. Crazy oh. athlete. He's a stud. So, and speaking of upsets, well, that'll lead us into our weekly question with Matt Stepp, the Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. And the question was, we saw a crazy amount of upsets across the state last week, including a few in the central Texas area. Which upset surprised you the most? And he said the Rogers beating Little River Academy was an absolute stunner. I had to double take when I saw that score. And... I, I agree. That was definitely up there. Yeah, I kind of I, I was busy Friday night, so I really didn't get to go watch the game. I kept up with a few one and a few uh, games, and that was really the one I was like, "Holy cow!" Uh, I mean, we we both a stunner. We both had Little River Academy by at least two or three scores. So the fact that Charlie Roten was able to take them to Academy and just lay it on them and get that upset win, which it is a rivalry game, you got to take that into consideration as well. But, I mean, Charlie Roden's squad looked good last Friday night. They did. They did. And uh, props to him. And we get to talk to Charlie here later on in, in the episode. And, we man, will. looks like he's got those guys ready to go. So, also, along with the upsets, another guest that Kenny had that we will be having with Kenny in the show today was with Greg Willie. Yes, sir. Greg is uh, down there south of Waco in the Temple area. Uh, he covers all the Temple area sports, has great knowledge, and uh, he's got a, a lot of good info for us today. So here now is Kenny's interview with Greg Willie. I'm here with Greg Willie from TempleBeltonSports.com. Greg, thanks for joining us. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing good, Kenny. Thanks for having me on your show. Yes, sir. So, man, you had a busy uh, a week last week, a couple of upsets in your area. Uh, Rogers Little River Academy. Uh, what was the first your first thought when you saw that final? Yeah, um, I was very impressed that uh, Rogers was able to go over there and beat Academy. I mean, that's a game where it's a rivalry, and you know you expect a good hard fought game, but. 
think, you know, in recent years, the balance of power had kind of been shifting over to the academy side, just with a you know bigger enrollment, bigger classification, and uh, just playing better football the last couple of years. And Rogers really impressed me because, I mean, you know, they're a competitive program. I mean, they've been in the playoffs uh, a bunch of years in a row with uh, Coach Charlie Roten. And so, I mean, they play good football over there, but Rodgers was replacing a lot of players this year. I mean, they, they lost some very good seniors off of last year's team. And so for these new guys, you know, new quarterback, new running back, new guys on defense to, uh, you know, step up on the road in a close game and, and find a way to get it done, uh, I just – uh, I think that was very impressive overall for the Rodgers uh, coaches and players. Yes, sir. Pretty pretty shocking final. Uh, well, I, don't know, I learned a lesson last week is I'll never pick against Lake Belton again. Good night. Those guys uh, had a pretty tough test. You know, they're young and experienced, and, man, they came out and hand, handled themselves well week uh, last week. Yeah, they did. I mean, everything people saw that on the schedule. You're going down to Leander Rouse, who's a, you know preseason ranked eighth in the state in five A Division two, and you know people people throw the inexperienced tag on Lake Belton, but I'm not I'm not sure that's accurate because I mean those guys really have been playing together as a group now for you know three years. So it, Lake Belton really has a good idea of, of who it has, you know, um, what it wants to do, and it's it's basically. They've been uh, getting these guys ready for for two full years, and they've only lost one game since they've you know been a program. I think they're nineteen and one now, so they they have a winning culture. And um, the, the probably the best thing about their team is it's a very balanced team. You know, they they run the ball well, they pass the ball well, they play good defense, they they move kids around a little bit, like you know Micah Hudson, who's the you know five star recruit as a junior wide receiver. I mean, he plays. He's, he's going to be a wide receiver, you know, on the next level, but he, he can play running back, he, he can play defensive end, you know, they've got other guys who are very versatile too, so um, yeah, Brian Cope's built a, a pretty good program over there, and it'll be interesting to see as this year goes along how they handle, you know, a full season in 5A varsity football, but they're sure off to a good start. Well, let's go back down to 3A. I, I, I guess ain't that I saw most people had Lago favored against, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Lago favored against Cameron Yo, but man, Cameron really looked good this first week. Uh, 71 points. That's impressive. <laughs> That's a lot of points. I mean, you know, you, you expect first week maybe to not be hitting on all cylinders just because you're trying to iron out the kinks. But, man, 71 points shows that uh, Yo had a really good offensive game plan and the kids executed it. And uh, I mean, you had a new quarterback in, in Braylon Drake Jr. Uh, throwing for, Nick 275 yards and three touchdowns and, uh, you know, running the ball well with a couple different kids, uh, Bradley and Reyes and, um, and then some defense. I mean, obviously the defense didn't play great, giving up 35 points. But when you score 71, that's good enough. And <laughs> I think, uh, you know, people, I don't want to say people forget, but people need to remember Rick Rhodes is a heck of a football coach. I mean, he's won, uh, you know, he won three state titles in a row at Cameron Yo before he went to Gregory Portland. And uh, now he's back. And, you know, he hasn't forgotten how to coach football. So, um, you know, uh, Yo, it's, Yo was kind of disappointing last year. I think they lost a lot of close games. It just the, the breaks didn't really go their way, and they were a little bit young in key spots. But maybe this is the year they kind of get back on the horse and become a, a playoff factor again. This week coming up, uh, Little River has another test. And I think this – I don't know. Do you think that they can use – or maybe us 
outside the program can use this game against Lago as a measuring stick about because you know I think I had Little River maybe finishing second again in that district maybe edging out uh, Lorena because Lorena lost a few but uh, you know just now talking about Cameron Yo I mean Little River may be fourth so do you think they can I mean, us outside can use this as a measuring stick against Lago yeah I think so uh, the the Little River Academy uh, Lago Vista game the last couple years has been very close uh, competitive game so I mean I think in and of itself it, it's going to be a competitive game because you got a lot of motivation on both sides to uh, you know bounce back from season opening losses so you know those teams are grinding hard this week to, to make the improvements and corrections but um, yeah I, I think uh, I mean I think Academy will will play better I think what Rogers did was execute a really specific game plan of uh, running the ball uh, with a couple different guys and kind of playing keep away from Academy because I mean, Academy's got a really good offense with uh, Casey Mraz and Scout Brazil, Alex Lawton, Zane Clark, you know, some, some very good playmakers. So Rogers just basically kept it away from them as much as possible and, and picked off a couple of turnovers, and that was kind of the difference in the game and, you know, made a big goal line stand right before halftime. So, you know, maybe Lago Vista sees that blueprint and tries to copy it. But, uh, I, I mean, I, I think Academy will bounce back just fine and if, if Lago's defense was giving up 71 to Cameron Yo, you, you would think Academy could put up some big numbers but uh, you know I think it's going to be a competitive game with Academy probably having a slight edge at home. Greg man we appreciate you hopping on with us uh, hopefully we'll get to talk to you uh, on down the line Sounds good Kenny thanks for having me and that was Kenny's interview with Greg Willie of TempleBeltonSports.com. So now let's dive into our week two game previews. And let's start off here in our own backyard. It will be the Hillsborough Eagles on the road against the Whitney Wildcats. When you look at this game, what do you see, Kenny? Uh, it's a, it's a long-time rivalry. It doesn't really mean as much as it used to because they're not in the same district. It's more about a pride uh, thing, bragging rights. Uh I really think Coach Almute has got Hillsborough kind of turned around. They look pretty good against McGregor. McGregor had a lot of mistakes, but Hillsborough capitalized on them, and uh, Austin Cook played a heck of a game. Uh, they're going to be tough. Yes, and they're again, they're coming to Wildcat Stadium for this one. And Whitney, Whitney is fortunate to have only lost by three last week at Troy. A lot of mistakes, a lot of penalties, and you know, six turnovers as well, I believe. Uh, I think it was seven. Seven, seven turnovers. Uh, I talked to Coach Haynes and four personal fouls, seven turnovers, 11-plus drops. Not a recipe for success. And, again, fortunate. I mean, it's surprising that you could make that many mistakes and only lose by three on the road. So, I mean, it's a great measuring stick, at Winnie, that they have the potential to be up there, you know, only losing by three despite all those mistakes. But if they can clean, if they if they can get that cleaned up, then they might they might pay dividends down the road. It's probably a good thing that they lost as well, like we were talking about earlier. That you know, if you win a game with that many mistakes, it might make the kids think like, hey, we can get away with making all these mistakes and still come out on top. It's probably a good thing that they lost that game because it'll give them more motivation heading into this rivalry matchup. Yeah, there was, I mean, plenty of mistakes, and Coach Haynes will be the first one to tell you. But they also had some good things happen. The defense played well. You yes. know, the run defense, I was kind of worried about that. I thought, man, if, if uh, you know, 
Troy could just run it down their throat, but they played kind of a bend, don't break defense. Uh, Troy had a two long passes against a, a young, inexperienced sophomore corner who's going to get better. Uh, they just took advantage of Whitney's mistakes. Uh, I really thought if you look at the stat line, the sophomore quarterback played well. He has he had a few throws he'd like to have back, but you know this is just to get him better going into district. And uh, I think they they yeah they made a lot of mistakes. Uh, but they have a few things they can build on going forward. Again, historically looking at this matchup, it is a rivalry, the Battle of Hill County, as the people around here call it. And, you know, it's been kind of a toss-up in scores. You know, it just seems like one year Whitney will win by three scores, one year Hillsborough will win by three scores. It's very rare that this game is super close. But, it, again, it is a rivalry game. It could be a toss-up. I have Hillsborough taking this one on the road by seven to ten points. I agree with you. I'm going to just have to go with Hillsborough until Whitney can prove me wrong. Uh, don't forget, Hillsborough gets their stud back, uh, Mr. Sanders. So, he didn't play last week. I know he's been out. I don't know the reason. But uh, I asked Coach Amute. He said he wasn't sure. But from what I've seen on social media and other things, looks like he's going to be coming back Friday. And uh, that's going to do nothing but help him out. You know, we just we hope we get proven wrong, but I mean, again, if the Wildcats can able can be able to you know clean up their penalties and just be more careful and just take care of the football better, it might give them a chance to make it a much closer game at home. Yeah, and I think that's the difference between uh, well, not the main difference, but you look at Coach Almute; he's in his second year with this program. Yes, they didn't have all those mistakes. Of course, they didn't throw the ball forty-four times, but this is Haynes. That's his first game as a Wildcat. You know, you're going to expect mistakes, maybe not that many, but. I think that's one advantage that Hillsborough has. So we both have Hillsborough by at least one score. Our next game will be a very, very fun one. Two teams that absolutely do not like each other in the Waco Connolly Cadets and the Waco La Vega Pirates. This game will be played at La Vega Stadium in Bellmead. Who do you have taken this one? I got La Vega, but man, you look at Jelani McDonald. This dude may be pound for pound the best football player in Central Texas. He killed it on offense. He killed it on defense. He had two sacks, a pick six. The dude's a stud. They got the running back Sibley, 174 for three touchdowns last week. And he's going to be matched up against probably the best running back in the area and Bryson Rowland, who went for 237 and four TDs. I think La Vega's defense is just a little bit better. Mm. So I'm going to have to go with La Vega. And that's my question going into this game because you look at last week's scores, Connolly put up 65 points in their win against Mejia. And then you look on the other side, La Vega only gave up seven to Kennedale, which, you know, going into last week's game was a top 10 team in 4A Division One, And, you know, the question is, who's going to step up? Will it be Connolly's explosive offense or La Vega's, you know, Snuff, snuff your lights out defense. So, I, again, I'm with you there. I think I will t- give the edge to La Vega. I, I have them by 10 to 14 at home against Connolly. Yeah, that seems fair. Uh, I, I couldn't find all the stats on La Vega, so I don't, I don't think they threw the ball a whole lot against uh, Kennedale. That's one of Connolly's strength is that awesome secondary they got. It may not come into play in the passing game, but it may come into play in the running game. They can get up and uh, help help out on the run defense. So, 
Yeah, La Vega's defense is probably the uh, the linchpin to me that's going to put them over the top. And again, much like the last game we covered, this is a rivalry game. This, I mean, these schools are what 10, 10 minutes away from each other. They yeah. know each other. They probably grown up together, have family on, you know, both teams and stuff. It it's a very tight knit community in that area of Central Texas, and it, it's going to be a fun matchup. I, I really think. You know, we say La Vega by two two scores, but again, Connolly's offense looked unstoppable this week. But this game could honestly go either way. Yeah, take my money to go watch Delaney McDonald and Bryson Rowe. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So I have La Vega by fourteen, and you have that as well. So okay, this third game is probably one of, if not the most exciting matchups across Class Three A in the entire state of Texas as the Lorena Leopards will come to Trojan Stadium to take on West on Friday night. And, again, you know, Lorena, they played China Spring last week on the road and lost by 18, but, you know, that's not a bad, you know, loss considering how much they had to bring back after this offseason. Yeah, uh, it's just going to make them better. Yeah, I think, you know, they lost 38-20 to to the defending D2, 4A D2 state champ. Uh, with the Old West, used to be if you could stop the run and you could throw the ball against West, you could probably beat them. They got a pretty good secondary this yes. year. Yes. Jackson Generals threw for a little over 200 yards against China Spring, which that's not easy to do against a, a caliber a team like that. And then they got Porter, who went for 142 and a touchdown. So I think the key is, can Lorena throw the ball around on West? And then can West run the ball against Lorena? Because you got the, the linebackers with Henry, and then you got the big D tackle, Gutshaw. Those dudes are going to be tough on the run. Uh, this is going to be a fun game. I have – I mean, this game's so hard to pick, man, because they're both very good teams. Lorena, of course, was the 3A Division One state championship – won the state championship a year ago, but they graduated a lot of those players. And then West went four rounds deep last year. They're no slouch. They've been really good over the past few seasons, or pretty much the entire time under Coach David Woodard. They've been always been a consistent and excellent football team. Yeah. Taking all that into consideration, West playing at home, they return a lot more, and they're coming off a three-score win on the road against Godley. I'll take them by three points. Well, unfortunately, my friend and all my West buddies over there, I'm going to go with Lorena. Although they are playing at West, I got them by three. You know, maybe a 30 to 27 game. Yes. Something like that. Uh, I just think West, you know, they played godly, held them to 20 points. Mm-hmm. I think this defense may need a, a little, couple more games for refinement. And when you got to do like uh, Porter on the other side, I just think he'll probably he may go off. And hey, you know they got that good quarterback, uh, that corner at West, uh, the Paxton kid. So that may be a good matchup to watch. Uh, but I just I think Lorena by by three or four. Oh uh, yeah, again it's it's a toss up matchup. But regardless of who comes out on top, it's going to be a phenomenal football game. But we both I have Lorena by or you you have Lorena by three, and I have West by three. So now for our fourth game, we'll be covering the Grandview Zebras at the Malakoff Tigers. Another exciting matchup. And again, this is a rivalry that has stemmed from the 2018 season when these teams played each other twice. 
They play each other in the regular season at Grandview and then again in the 2018 state championship where Grandview came out on top. And it just seems like every season since then they've played each other twice a year. Yeah, they've got a pretty good thing going. Uh, I think the year of the state championship game was when they started their little uh, home and home, their, their series in district. Uh, Grandview's coming out. They took some lumps against uh, Glen Rose. We kind no, of, no shame in that. We though. thought that was going to happen with Hudson White and crew. Uh, I think Case and English had a pretty good game. I, I didn't get to do a whole lot of research. There's not stats available that I could find online. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, this is going to be a close one. This is, it's this always is as close, close to pick them as I can find. It, it's always close. And I, I, I have Grandview by a final score of 24 to 22 because I think both defenses will probably step up in this one because they're always so well evenly matched, both talent-wise and just physicality-wise. And, again, it's another game that could be could absolutely go either way. But I, I have Grandview by two. Yeah, and then Malakoff's coming off a of 28 to 7. Victory over a pretty good West Russ team. Yes. Uh, they're, they're breaking a new quarterback in Kalen Davis. Didn't throw for a whole lot, 53 yards, uh, but they ran the ball really well. I mean, they had three dudes go for over 100. Damian Jackson, 111. Chancey Hogg, Jason Tennyson all went for over 100 yards. So it looks like they're running the ball pretty well this year. And, of course, they always play great defense. And Grandview is one of those teams that historically really good on defense. And every year it just seems like they get they just get a little bit better each week. So again, both these teams match really well and it'll be a great game either way. So I have Grandview by two and what did you have? I'm going Malakoff. Malakoff is at home, so they will have the advantage by there. Three. So I'll get the home field advantage usually three points, so I'll get the three points. Gosh, Malakoff. there's so many good games this week. <laughs> and uh, our next game, our second to last for the preview, we will have the Clifton Cubs visiting the Rio or Rio Vista Eagles. And before we dive into this game, uh, Kenny had a chance to interview the head coach of the Clifton Cubs, Coach Brent Finney, and we'll have that for you right now. I'm here with Coach Finney of the Clifton Cubs. Coach, how are you doing today? Doing great. How about yourself? Doing good. So, uh, week one, you come away with a victory. Looks like you had a pretty good little defensive performance. Uh, the pass rush was good. Had a safety on a block punt. Uh, your uh, offense performed pretty well. Rushed the ball pretty good. How are you feeling? We're, we're feeling we're feeling pretty good. Just to you know, week one, get a get a get a win on the road. You know, we had a pretty long drive Thursday game and a lot of distractions, but uh, they you know we were able to hang in there and get it done. Uh, we got definitely had some things that we need to clean up and fix, but all in all, we were pretty happy. Do you have a? Are you friends with that Merkel coach? How'd you line that that up playing on a Thursday, kind of at a, at a neutral field? <laughs> yeah, well, the schedule was already. Uh, when I got hired, when I moved right. in here, so right. that was uh, that was already on the schedule. Um, because it was such a long drive, we did try to find a neutral site to play. Uh, but yeah, that was that was already that was handed to me when I got the job. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I believe y'all started both your both your drives. You lost the ball on fumbles on your first two drives yes, of the game. So, that's correct. How did you like your team responding? You know, after after you know losing the ball both times and coming back and, and, and uh, picking it up. Well, the good thing about that was uh, we had a, we had some chances early in the game and in the first quarter to uh, 
to kind of get down and, may, and maybe, uh, you know, not respond to some adversity. And our defense really picked up and stepped up and bailed us out both times and kept them out of the end zone on a short field. And then finally, once we got the jitters out and, and got focused up on offense, we were able to do what we needed to do and take care of the football. But, uh, you know, it just goes back to these kids. Uh, these kids have a, have a big burning desire to get back where we need to be and play cup football. And uh, they, they all night long, they answered adversity every time something went, went wrong or didn't go the way we wanted it to. They stepped up and, and took, took care of it. So we, we were really happy with how they responded. I noticed that both your running backs, uh, Tunnel and Finney, both had pretty good games. Is that kind of what you're looking to do, just run the ball, eat up clock, and kind of break your opponent's will a little bit? <laughs> well, that's definitely our philosophy uh, on offense. We want to we want to pound the ball down the field. Uh, we want to be the most physical team on the field on both sides of the ball. We're going to play fast and aggressive defense, and we're going to try to just uh, eat the clock and destroy your will to be out there on defense. That's what we're trying to do, and that's the mentality we're trying to get. And, you know, that's the personality that what these guys are trying to develop so you got a uh, real vista this week uh, i think i believe you're in rio vista so what are you expecting from those those guys over there well you know those guys have a ton of kids back uh, i believe they were right at 20 returning letterman and real senior heavy uh they got they got a really good offensive scheme and good quarterback receivers and uh you know they got some pretty good size linemen and on defense you know they fly around and, and pretty aggressive so they're going to be a tough challenge for us but uh you know we're we're that's what we want to see. We, you know, we need to we need to make sure that we can play, defend, and do everything we need to do before we get to district. So it'll be it'll be a good matchup for us. Okay, and uh, last couple of things: Are you superstitious? Do you got any game day rituals you like to do? <laughs> No, not at all. No, I, I, yeah, my only thing I say about luck is I believe the, the harder you work, the luckier you get. But I'm not, I'm not a superstitious guy. I agree, 100. percent What about your pregame meal? You got a special uh, uh, food you like on game day? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. It's usually a turkey sandwich. Turkey sandwich. <laughs> hey, coach, I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Hey, you're very welcome. Yeah, absolutely. Y'all have a good day. And that was Kenny's interview with the head coach of the Clifton Cubs, Coach Brent Finney. And again, Clifton will be playing Rio Vista this week. And, you know, they're coming off – or Clifton's coming off a, a win on the road at Merkel where they had over 300 rushing yards as a team last week. And, and you look at, you know, Rio Vista, they gave up 45 to Dawson. And you and I both had Rio Vista winning that one comfortably – so I mean that came out of nowhere as well. So who do you have in this matchup? Uh, I think I got Clifton, but I, I just like this matchup because I think Clifton's better than I thought they were. Yes. you know, going into the season after watching them, and then maybe Rio Vista, their defense just isn't what we thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Now their offense, Pritchett, two fifty-five, three touchdowns, one hundred three yards rushing. Yeah, they put up thirty-six points. Yeah, and their wide receiver Morgan, one fifty-two with two touchdowns. Now, it's going to be the classic spread team versus the team that's going to chew up the clock, run the ball against Clifton. You know, uh, Parker Tunnel went for 120 yards. Uh, Finney went for another 80. So, uh, that's what Coach is talking about. They want to slam the ball, run it, run it, chew up clock, impose their will. And Rivis is more of a quick play striking offense. So, I think I'm going to give the edge to Clifton. I think it's, this is going to be a good game for Rivis. You know, they're, they're playing up. Uh, a classification it'll get them ready for district and uh yeah i'm gonna go clip them by 10 
you know, and again, looking at these two teams, Clifton had over, despite only scoring 20 points, had over 300 yards on the ground. Yeah, well, they turned the ball over on their first two drives, yes. like Coop said. So, you know, they, they overcame those mistakes and uh, battled back, and they blocked a punt for a safety. So, it seemed so, like they played a, a pretty well-rounded game. So, yes, yeah, just taking that into consideration, as well as Rio's defense is coming out and giving up 45 to Dawson, I th- there's just too many questions I have for, you know, the Eagles' defense. So I'm with you. I'm going to take Clifton in this one. And then our final game, a game I will be at on Thursday night because it has been moved. I don't know if you saw this. Well, you know, quite a few games, like the uh, Axel Bartlett game got moved, the yes. Moody Heiko game got so, moved, and this one got there's, moved. Because there's just a shortage of reps. Yes. So at, for in this one in particular – Martin Marlin, their JVs will be playing at 4.30. And then after their varsities, will have an 8 o'clock kick. <laughs> so a little bit later, but I mean, again. The rare doubleheader. It's very rare. It's anyway. the first one I'll yeah. ever see. So <laughs> so this game was originally supposed to be played Friday night at Marlin, but it has been moved to Thursday night at Mart. So, and Mart coming up. I mean, again, looking back at last week, we didn't know much about Paris Chisholm. All we knew is that they were a full classification Higher than Mart, but Mart made the what three and a half, maybe four hour drive all the way up to Paris, and absolutely demolished Paris Chisholm fifty four to nothing. Yeah, it wasn't much of a game. Uh, I don't know much about their quarterback Ross, but the dude looks like he's legit. Two hundred yards passing, three touchdowns, rushed for another one hundred and twenty two, and two more scores. And then uh, their wide receiver Carroll had one thirteen for two touchdowns. They're Mart. They're just gonna churn out kids next man up mentality i know that's uh, uh they just always have common. crazy good athletes oh, yeah. man they're just uh reloading and then marlin man they went out to crockett and i don't think anybody was really expecting no, that that this came out of nowhere a 17 point loss to the crockett bulldogs which again we talked about last week crockett is a team that's always really big and very athletic just not you know consistent score wise but i mean they took care of business against a very good and ranked Marlin team. Of course, the Crockett is a full classification up, or maybe half a classification higher than Marlin. But still, with you know how much Marlin had returning, and you know just how good they were last year, just to start the season with a three-score loss was very surprising. Yeah, well, Crockett's a four, a three A D one school, so they're two classifications higher. Oh, and I wow. think Marlin, you know, that they wanted that tougher competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the QB Woodson, he got his yards two fifty eight, two touchdowns. Butler with one ninety six and two touchdowns receiving. I didn't watch the game, but just looking at the stats, it looked like. Marlon really tried to run the ball, and they just couldn't get that run game going. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't realize that Crockett had been moved moved up to four A. So no, you know, three three AD one. Oh, they're three AD one. Okay. Well, well, still the you know the student population size is vastly different. So depth probably later in the game probably became an issue for Marlon going against a much bigger team. So, I mean, again. You know, Coach Ruben Torres coming in here, he's not afraid to schedule tough teams, especially after the run they had last year. So, you know, that's probably what his plan is, just taking lumps early in the pre-district schedule to prepare them for district. But, again, psychologically looking at this game's being moved back a day and Marlon won't be playing at home anymore. So will that factor in to this matchup against their old town rivals? All right, we're continuing. I'll go ahead. Yeah, I think a, a, hometown, a hometown advantage is important. 
But you look at Marlin, you know, it doesn't get much easier because they got Grosbeck next week. So they're going to have to scratch out a W somewhere, maybe, before district. Uh, district starts uh, with Bossyville the game after the Grosbeck game. So looking at this game, I have marked by two to three scores at home. I do too. I think it's a, they win by 21. So, I mean, again, I think it's a game that will start close, you know, this being a rivalry game, these kids knowing each other. But I think probably just towards the middle or the end of the third quarter, I think Mark pulls away. Now we'll be moving on to our week two pick and we're going to start off with Rodgers at Schulenburg. And on the road here, I'll take the Rodgers Eagles, especially after their big win against Academy last week. Yeah, I like Rodgers. I think they've got a little momentum built up, and uh, they should keep on rolling. And before we move to our next game, uh, Kenny did sit down with the head coach of the Rogers Eagles, Charlie Roten, to talk about their big win last week against Little River Academy. And we'll have that right now. Okay, I'm here with Coach Charlie Roten, head coach of the Rogers Eagles, coming off a big win Friday night. Coach, it's kind of threefold, I think. Uh, you got your first win out of the way. You beat a huge rival. And now you got to get your guys settled back down and get ready for next week. How are you feeling? Yeah, you're right on all three counts, really. Um, you know, I guess the last one was the first thing I thought about after the, the uh, you know, the euphoria of the win kind of uh, went away. You know, I was like, man, now I got to get them back. We got to get them back up. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great win. You know, against uh, our rival. Um, you know, I think the rivalry has maybe lost a little bit of luster over the years just because um, it's not a district game anymore. Uh, but it's still a big game, and it's still a game that, that both communities want to win. So, yeah, it was, it was a big win for us. Yeah, and I thought one thing that was really cool is I watched uh, Darby Brown did an episode on y'all's, uh, y'all's stadium, and those Rogers guys, they judge a coach on how many times they've beaten Little River Academy. Yeah, I know it, you know, and I've <laughs> last two years they've gotten the best of us, so but I guess I've been on the hot seat a little bit, but uh, <laughs> it's good to get on the other side of it. Yeah, it's it's still a, uh, you know, it's still they expect you to win that game. You know, they're they're a bigger school than us now. Uh, their enrollment's quite a bit bigger than us, but you know, I really don't think people care. They say, you know, go beat Academy. Uh, so luckily, we were able to do that. Coach, so we know you got, a, a, I think, four or five coming back on the offensive line this year, but you lost Christian Riley and your quarterback, Dolner. How was it? Did you have guys in place, or was it an all-out competition to see who was going to step up and take take those spots? Um, you know, at our level, it's the competition's tough because you kind of got who you got, you know. Um, with the quarterback position, we knew it was going to be Cooper. He was the JV quarterback last year and played with us on the varsity later in the year. So we knew it was going to be him. Um, and then, you know, replacing Christian, that's, that's difficult because he was such a great player for us, and we don't have anybody like him in our program. Um, so it'll, be, it'll look different just because we don't have that one guy. But we have, you know, four, five, six capable guys who can, can go score on any play as long as it's blocked right. So, you know, it's we're, we're going to be a different team. I think how it looked last night um, – will be similar to how it looks every game. Now, we did, you know, we, we, we really relied heavily on the run last night, which we do anyway, but it was, we threw the ball twice, you know, we, and one of them was what we call freeze check, where we got him and jump off sides and took a took a free play. So that's typically not how we go about things. We want to throw that thing, you know, around 10 times a game, which isn't a lot, but, you know, more than twice. So, Schulenberg this week, what are you expecting out of Schulenberg? 
Well, you know, they're a good program. They're a 2A school. Uh, it's kind of like our scrimmages. Uh, we scrimmaged Holland and, and Crawford, who are both 2A schools, but, you know, they're, you know, very good program. So, Schulenburg's kind of that same, same deal. They're, they're a 2A, a little bit smaller than us, but they, uh, they went three rounds deep last year and, you know, a tradition, tradition rich program. I think they've won three state championships over the years. So they're going to be a challenge. You know, I've watched some video on them today. You know, I got a really good quarterback. He's a good runner, um, some big defensive linemen. So they're going to present a challenge for us. Yes, sir. So big win Friday night. Do you have any superstitions? Are you, are you keeping those dirty socks? Are you changing pants or what? You got any superstitions? Man, I'm not really, you know, I know a lot of coaches are, and uh, I'm not really superstitious, you know, I don't, you know, I have my, you know, you know little routines I think I get into, but um, I don't really think about it as far as like, hey, we want to do this, you know, I mean, I, you know, it's, I'm not that way. Um, I know, you know, like I said, a lot of, a lot of coaches are, but I'm not really a superstitious guy. What about a pregame meals? What's your favorite? Pregame meal, you know, uh, the, I have lunch duty on Friday or every day, and the, the sister principal, she always so you're not eating today, and I don't eat lunch uh, at a typical time. I try to eat around two or three um, on Fridays just because I don't, you know, I want to get, you know, we have a pregame meal, and I don't eat then because I just at that point I'm pretty nervous and I don't want to eat. So, you know, usually, usually I'll eat pretty uh, something pretty big on Friday because that's really about all I'll eat. I don't eat much after the game. So, I, you know, it, nothing really uh, sticks out, you know. I think I had nachos on, on Friday from the little Mexican place in town. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I roll on Friday. Okay, Coach, man, we appreciate you coming on. Good luck going forward. And hopefully we get to talk to you again sometime down the line. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys. Thank you all. And that was Kenny's interview with the head man of the Rogers Eagles, Coach Charlie Roden. And again, we we both have Rogers on the road against Schulenburg. And then we'll fly through these next ones because we had them in the preview. But Hillsboro at Whitney, I have Hillsboro. Uh, I'm going to go Hillsboro. And uh, don't forget our buddy Jay Black's also picking with us. Oh, yes. Uh, from the Waco Sports Hall of Fame, the curator down there. And he's, Sorry, Jay. He's going with Whitney. And he had Rodgers as his first pick as well, correct? Yes. And then game three, Connolly at La Vega. I have La Vega. And who does Jay have? Uh, he has La Vega also. And you do as well? Yes, sir. Then Lorena at West. I have West. I've got Lorena, and Mr. Black is going to go Lorena also. Grandview at Malakoff. I have Grandview in this one. I've got Malakoff, and Mr. Black has Malakoff also. Clifton at Rio Vista. I have Clifton by two or three scores in this one, actually. Uh, yeah, we all got Clifton on that one. Then, again, the Marlin and Mart gang being moved to Thursday night at Mart. I'll take the Panthers at home. Uh, it's going to be the Panthers all the way across the board. And another sneaky good matchup, Centerville at Crawford. I'll take the Pirates in this one. Yeah, that's a top five team, top five matchup. Oh. Uh, kind of slipped underneath the radar, kind of like last last week with Ken, uh, La Vega and Kennedale. Yeah, uh, I'll stay with uh, Crawford. And then Jay has Crawford as well. Yes. And then well, another interesting one: Waco Midway will be traveling all the way to West Texas to Ratliff Stadium to take on the Odessa Permian Panthers. At home, I will take Permian. Yes, we have. Uh, Mr. Black and myself have Permian also. Then now uh, the Dallas WT White 
Longhorns will be traveling to Waco ISD Stadium to take on the Waco Lions. You know, W.T. White was shut out last week against Frisco Heritage, 28 to nothing, and Waco High on the road fell 20 to six to Fort Worth Southwest. It's two struggling teams, a toss up here, but I'll take Waco High. Yeah, we're gonna go Waco uh, across the board again. And this next one, I have an upset watch. I'll take Harker Heights on the road against ranked Smithson Valley. I'm going to go Smithson Valley, but it uh, looks like you and Mr. Black are going to go Harker Heights. And another very good matchup in the 4A level, China Spring at Melissa. I'll take the Cougars. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Cougars and so will Mr. Black. And then a good one, Caldwell at Robinson. Again, Robinson coming off a very impressive 17-15 victory against their 5A opponent, Waco University. I'll take the Rockets at home. I will too, and that's who Mr. Black picked also. Then Lago Vista against Academy. Both teams coming off the wrong end of some upset losses. And, you know, Academy at home. uh, Lago Vista at home last week. Gave up 71 to Cameron Yo, And Academy, it was a little bit closer against uh, Rodgers, but they did give up a lot of points. I'll actually take Lago Vista to get the bounce back win here. Ooh, so me and Mr. Black have LRA on this one. And then Troy at Lexington. I'll take the Eagles at home. Uh, you and Mr. Black are going to go Eagle. I'm going to go Trojan. And Itasca at Hubbard. This one was a little hard to pick, but I went with my gut and went with the Wampus Cats of Itasca in this one. We got Wampus Cats across the board. And then Grosbeck coming off a big win last week. will be on the road at McGregor, who lost by two or three scores to Hillsboro last week. I'll take Grosbeck on the road. Yep. Then our final game of the week two pick'em, the Heiko Tigers coming off a big win last week will be at the Moody Bearcats. I'll take the Heiko Tigers on the road. Ooh, you and Mr. Black are going Heiko. I'm gonna stick with Coach Matt Hurst and the Moody Bearcats. And that is our week two pick'ems here on the Central Texas Football Podcast. Before we close out here, we we were talking about it and we just wanted to probably just take a look at a couple games, a couple things, you know, maybe a little bit outside of the Central Texas region for a moment. A, a huge game, 3A versus 4A here, as the, the Brock Eagles will be on the road at Hershey, Wichita Falls Hershey. And, you know, that'll be an interesting matchup because Hershey is really good this year. And then Brock, although they lost 28-7 to to Pleasant Grove last week, they led 7 nothing at halftime. So I think depth became an issue there in the second half, and Pleasant Grove was able to – wear down Brock just a little bit, and that that helped them come out on top. But Brock, you know, Brock's always one of those teams that just schedules a monumentally tough pre-district schedule. And, you know, coming into week two against a a really good 4A team in Hershey, you know, Brock might be looking at starting 0-2 for the first time in their program's history. Yeah, they, you know, Hershey's not just a really good, I mean, they're a region favorite. These dudes are for real. And, you know, who knows if Brock's banged up coming off that uh, the game last week and it doesn't get easier because they got Wimberley next week. So, uh, Coach over there, I uh, forgot his name, but he, he's putting them through the, uh, the gamut this year. And I think if you can stay healthy, it's going to do nothing but pay dividends for those guys. You mean, you mean the Brock coach, right? Yes, the Brock coach. 
Billy Mathis. Yes. Billy Mathis is the Former head man there. So, and then, again, another team that's had probably the the worst, toughest, whatever you want to call it, predestined schedule in Texas, and that's Mejia. So, we, again, we talked about it earlier. Last week they played Connolly and lost 65-20. to 20. This week they play last year's 3A Division II state champion and currently number one ranked in 3A Division I in the Franklin Lions. And then, you know, just next week, you know, just another state champion, the 4A Division <laughs> uh, two state champions, I believe, in China Spring. Yeah. So, and then I believe in week four, the week before um, they start district, they have Gatesville, which is no slash themselves. So, you know, uh, safe to say Mahay is getting ready for district. They are, and th- those are some tough dudes they've got on that schedule. Uh, like we said before, we hope, you hope that that gets you better, gets you stronger if you can get out of those games healthy and get you ready for district because you've got that caliber team in Malakoff in your district. You know, yeah, and Mejia, they do, again, they do drop down from 4A Division two last year. And, you know, despite finishing 2-9, and nine, they made it to the playoffs last year. So they were really young and, you know, they bring a lot of that team back. And I, I'm with you. I think just having this really tough – uh, pre-district schedule with all these this absolute gauntlet. I think it'll set them up really nicely for for district. I mean, I, I'm not sure if they'll you know go out and beat Malakoff in district play and win the the whole district championship. But I mean, who's to say this tough pre-district schedule doesn't get them set up you know to beat Grosbeck to take the second playoff seed or maybe battle up there to get the third one? You know, it's just it's. I mean, just looking at these pre-district schedules, Mejia's got to have the toughest across the entire state. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that second spot is key because you really don't want to go in the first round playing a Grand Bureau West. No. And, uh, you know, another game that I'm kind of interested in is down in the, you know, Greg Willey area is how Cameron Yo bounces back after hanging 71 on Lago. Now they got Yoakum, and Yoakum lost a close one to Vanderbilt Industrial last week, 2025, but I think they're still a quality opponent, and I'm going to have my eye on uh, that game. I mean, I mean, Cameron again. They they went up to on the road to a ranked four A team, and that's just put up seventy one points, which is unbelievable. This Yeoman offense, and you know, looking at that one, you know, uh, Yoakum that you said they lost last week, correct? Yes, they lost 20, by five to twenty five to twenty. So, and Vanderbilt Industrial is a very good team. It's a team that consistently goes three to four rounds deep over in Region 4 and 3A Division 1. So, you know, that's not a bad lo- bad loss for Yoakum at all. So, I think this will be a really fun matchup. But I think I think on the road, I think Cameron will take this one. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, you know, like we said, they, they only lost by five to Vanderbilt Industrial. But... It'll be interesting to see how Cameron bounces back. I mean, not really bounces back, how they move forward. You know, yes. don't maybe don't get too too high on that win and, and get everything back to business money and, and go to work. And that'll do it for us. Thank you so much for tuning in to Episode 3, our Week 2 preview on the Central Texas Football Podcast. Thank you for your continuous support and tuning in to our show. And, well, I mean, we, again, we look forward to an awesome Week 2 of the 2022 Texas High School football season. And thanks again for joining us. For Kenny Heath, I'm Ryan Fox. And enjoy Week 2 of the Texas High School football season.